Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory in hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life. We are different because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast. We are on episode number 12 today. Before we get started, I just want to say that some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial. Please use headphones when listening in public or around children. I am Kelsey, and I am a personal development speaker and life coach working with women all over the world to build their confidence and find who they are again. Mindy is here with us. Mindy, how are you? I am amazing. How are you? I am a business development specialist and career guru. And today on our episode, we have Kendall Dickinson, who is a social media creator and a marketing consultant. Kendall, thanks for joining us today. What's up? Thanks for having me. We are so excited to chat with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh, let's see. Almost hitting that uh, quarter-life crisis, turning 25 in April. I live in New York City. I am, as many said, marketing consultant. So uh, right now, like my main focus with work is helping entrepreneurs and really helping them build communities online and offline. Just because I saw a kind of space in this industry in terms of seeing that people weren't really using like the people following them in terms of the best way that they could. I think instilling organic community and really getting to know who's following you and forming like real relationships with that is like a really big aspect when it just comes to life and comes to business. Um, but then on the other side of things, I dance a lot on my Instagram stories with a cup of coffee every morning or I try to, and I make pretty, pretty dang good recipes in my free time. I love it. Your coffee dances every morning uh, make my day because that's how I feel every time I pick up a cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't even know how it started, honestly. I don't I think it's like Drake's album came out like, I don't know, like a year and a half ago. And I just remember being like, what if I just danced across my kitchen and it was the best decision I ever made. But yeah. have you have you listened to the new Little Wayne album that just dropped? Okay, so this is a great question because <laughs> I... Not to get off topic, but... (laughs) Listen, all right. So I don't know how you feel about it, but the song Mahogany makes you feel some type of way. I listen to it at least like, I don't know, five, six times a day on repeat. Um, We heard it for the first time yesterday. We heard it for the first time yesterday. We heard it for... Yeah, we were in the car driving to Eric's sister-in-law's house yesterday for her birthday. 
and we heard Mahogany on yeah. Sirius it's Radio. Good. And we were I like, what good. is happening? I know, but it's like, I I thought he would have Drake on his album. I was kind of disappointed. I thought he was on it. And then I read, it turns out I read the song wrong with like who was actually featured. So I was like, did you hear like Drake and Little Wayne's like new song? And I was like, what are you talking about? It doesn't even exist. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, read again, but I was wrong. So that's embarrassing. But yeah, I think it's pretty good. I'll do a copy. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed, we listened to, we listened to a few songs from it, but I'm really happy to know that I'm much older than you, but we still share (laughs) the music. It's actually very funny. We had, we had this whole conversation, Eric and I, about our musical choices. And you guys got (laughs) to tell me if, if you feel this way, because there's different different ways that we look at music or like different emotions that evoke because there's the stuff that like your parents listened to when you were little that you hear and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is a song. And you know, every word, even though you were like four, right. There's that stuff. And there's stuff from like your youth. Like there is like, (laughs) like for me, like my young teen years in Texas, when I was just really making great choices when I started going that way. And it was like, just all, all of like, like Nelly country grammar oh, and like that album. That I album is my like childhood. Like, oh, I don't think I've listened to it in full. Okay. Well, that's cause you're like 27 years younger than me, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, we're, 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 in agreement then that we all have the different genres of music that we love based from different things, right? 100%. Yes. Um, 100%. Okay. So anyways, I'm glad we love music. I'm glad we, <laughs> we connected there. Moving, moving forward. Can you tell us, Kindle? just getting back on topic here, tell yeah. us more. Um, I love obviously what you do big shout out to anybody listening. I'm currently working with Kendall and she's helping me tremendously with just really learning some new stuff about my business. And it's very cool because I think that we connected originally, obviously Mindy told me about you, but then even on LinkedIn, you had posted something and I said, Eric and I have always said that it's not about how big your following is on social media. It's about what are you doing with it? Because anybody can make an impact. And I think it's cool that you saw a space for that. So can you give us a little more detail about like where you are now and what, what is it that you do specifically? I guess kind of like a quick journey to how I got here then would be that when I was in college, uh, so I actually went to three schools because... I'm sure my mom hates me for that right now, but uh, I left my first school due to some medical issues. I was actually dealing with an eating disorder. And at that point, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had like a bunch of different things in my head, uh, but it was actually at my first college that I started my Instagram account. So the Flexible Foodie was started in my dorm room um, with a blue plate, a microwave, and really shitty lighting. And I just kept posting every day and it kept growing by accident. And um, best accident that could have ever happened. I ended up coming back home to New York. I went to one school for marketing and business development and business management. Weirdly thought the school would sound so obnoxious, but weirdly was like, this school is too easy. Like, give me something harder. (laughs) So I left because I love nutrition. I love fitness. I wanted to do dietetics, but I didn't know how to merge dietetics with business. 
Mm. Um, and I thought I would have like a better career, I guess, with like the dietetic thing. I thought it would like kind of make me want to, I don't know, like I would focus better, I guess. And like, I already knew I really loved it. So it wouldn't really be like too much of an issue. I know it was hard. So I transferred to a third school, which is literally two blocks away from the second one in the city. And at this time, I still had my Instagram account. So was posting on it. Did really well my first year. Killed it in organic chem. Did all that stuff. And then I took on an internship my second year. And that internship was with Spoon University, which is a... Or it was uh, like the biggest food publication for colleges. So there, every school had its own like chapter, right? So like schools in Florida would like have their own chapter, California, everywhere, even like in Europe. And the point was just to bring people together over food and like cool things. And I took an internship with them for like a year and a half. They got acquired by Food Network. And at this time, I was like, you know, I was a food blogger in the city. I would still make my own recipes and like, I would also go to a lot of restaurants and like post on their behalf and like, you know, saying they have this new dish, like whatever, it's healthy, woo, like go look at it. And I saw like a void, like in the smaller restaurants of like, they have no, like it's owned by like two people. They have their kitchen staff who obviously need to be cooking the meals, but like no one's doing their marketing. And so they're just like posting when they could. So I was like, what if as a college student, I can always use a little extra something and like I started pitching myself to like small like restaurant owners being like, Mm -hmm. I'll run your account for you. And what I was able to do there was like, I was doing my internship and school. And this is at a time where it was like anatomy class, like the hardest classes. (laughs) Um, I was like, this is not the best timing, but I felt like my heart was like in the right place and started running accounts for restaurants, started still running my account, still doing my internship. And, uh, at that point, like I just saw the void there and I decided to drop out of school and go full time in the marketing thing, which was honestly, I always think about it. Like if I, if I decided to stay, I, I would not have any, anything right now, like 100%. Like I know for a fact, like I would have been able to make it, find something, but I don't think this path would have ever happened. And so it's to now, this kind of brings me to like where I'm working at with Kelsey is the fact that I took everything I was seeing this, even in the hospitality space and even from like testing things on my own account to saying like, okay, you know, I'm seeing people with like audiences where it's like, they have great messaging. They're great, like fucking people. Like they know their shit. They know what they're doing, but like they have all these people sitting, but like, what can they use to act on that and like help them in their business? And just like, in terms of like, what skills can you bring from the internet into like offline? And so that's where it's like relationships beat everything at, at the end of the day. Like yeah. it, it's literally like, you know, it's the whole concept of like who is surrounding you and like, how are they supporting you? And like, how is that making you a better person? But how are you making those people better people? And I think I just found the void for it. I just, like, I think it just came from seeing a lot of bigger, you know, quote unquote influencers. Like, you know, they have the half, the half a million followers. And then you're like, cool and then you hear they can't pay for their gas bill there's like a wrong thing there's a wrong world that we live in with like numbers where people assume because you have a big following on social media you have it all Mm. and like i really want to like let people know that like you can have three thousand followers and like money's not everything like yeah but like from the business perspective like if you're trying to do something on your own like it does matter um Mm -hmm. you have a family and 
you know, it's one of those things of, I just kept hearing these like horror stories of like, well, I can't start a business because I have like a hundred followers. And I'm like, cool. But I have friends with 3000 followers who are on their ways to doing like million dollars. But I know people with 500 K who can't even like do anything. They can't even pay for their groceries. So that kind of brought me here. I know that was a long uh, winded answer, but (laughs) um, I love that though. That's where we are. You know, it's something that really stuck out to me. Like when I first like followed you and we started talking was just how like organic and intentional you are and, you know, just how much you focus on that relationship building. I think that that is, you're right. I think it's a huge void in the social media world today. People focus just on those numbers, but you have to understand that there's a person behind that number that follows you. And that person is following you for a reason and taking the time to be intentional with what you're doing in social media is super important and makes a big difference. 100% agree. I I just feel like they're, because I've like, we've all been on the receiving end of like, we DM that person who like might have a lot of followers or like it's someone we really look up to and like not getting a response is like, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one thing where it's like, yeah, I know you're busy. So like, I don't care when I get a response. So like, can I at least get a response? Like, yeah. it, it's just like, it's one of those things. And I, I think it's just like this guy named George Bryant, who's like a really good marketer. Like he has a Facebook group called Relationships Beat Algorithms. But like, honestly, it's like the truth. Like if you, people buy in, people buy into people but you have to be a good person for people to buy into you. If you're an asshole, no one's going to buy anything from you. <laughs> so like, yeah. you have to share that like you're putting your best self out there and that your best self is the, is the same person when it's like behind closed doors too. It's not just like for clout or for anything. And I just keep hearing too many people being like, but I need this number and I need that number. And I'm like, cool. I'm like, guess what? I'm not going to do that for you because like, mm-hmm. that's not the purpose. <laughs> yeah. And, like the purpose is like, is like, do you feel comfortable? And do you feel like, are you happy with what you have right now? And like the way that things are going, stupid sirens in New York city, there we go. Making their appearance. <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things of how can you take what you like Kelsey said, like, how can we take what she's already built um, and kind of transform and just make sure that like we're staying focused on that niche of people that like she needs to cater to right now for what she's doing with like life coaching and everything and and realize that like it is a different shift from what she was doing in the past but like there's so much we can still work like work on and like there's so many people we can still reach yeah, yeah. it's really a lot about perspective because mm-hmm. I think that like you said it brings a lot of things into perspective when you talk about seeing somebody's social media account and they have all these followers and they post all these pictures and you're like, okay, like you said, you can have a million followers or whatever and not be able to put gas in your car. Like, what are you like? Are you actually a good human? There was that one scandal that came out with the one fitness chick that was just like scamming everybody, like not like for, Oh yeah. What was it? What was her name? I don't even care. But anyway, Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Brittany Dawn. <laughs> yeah, yes. Brittany Dawn and she was like driving a Range Rover or something. And I'm like, how do you sleep at night? Like it, yeah. it's crazy. But you know, Kendall, you told me and, and have continued to tell me because for anybody that's ever worked with me, obviously Mindy, you work with me. Kendall, mm-hmm. you work with me. Yes. I'm borderline <laughs> psycho. And so 
<laughs> in the best I, way. In the best way. I, I am like, I need to be like reassured and I need to, when I do something different, because I very much want to do it my own way. And I very much like only see, it's nice. Like I know these things about like bigger accounts and stuff like that, but it's nice. Like when you said to me, you know, like if your follower account goes down, wouldn't you rather have more engaged people that actually like want to be on your journey that actually care about you know, moving forward with you than having just a number. And it's just, it really does make you think because there's so many, there's, it's crazy to me. Like if I ever go down an Instagram rabbit hole, which is not very often, but I still do it. I'm human. And like you click on these random people and you see, like, I look at these people, this, maybe I'm an asshole, but I look at these people and I'm like, they have like half a million followers or like over a hundred thousand followers. Right. And I look at their feed and I'm like, for what? Yeah. Cause you took, you know, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, what, like what impact are you making? And so having somebody like you is important because it, it bridges the gap between a lot of those things. And I love that you, you found that space to where it was like, okay, like, business is important. We all want to have successful businesses. We all want to make money. Like anybody who says like they don't care at all about money yeah. is full of shit. shit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Money, yeah. we can do, we can do more cool stuff with money. Period. Yeah. It's like just, It's just your, it depends on the relationship with money. And what I found is that like, you know, I, I mean, being 24 right now and like, mm-hmm. yeah, I still live with my mom because it's New York city. Like I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> by that at all if anything I'm super grateful because I've heard all like a lot of the people I know that are my age that have moved out when they didn't really need to like who live Mm -hmm. in the city they all wish they could go back Mm -hmm. because like they've spent almost their whole paycheck on rent and groceries and then like you know I still pay for things obviously but like it's just one of those things of it's your relationship with money and like for years you know like I had a really bad scarcity mindset with money and just like Mm -hmm. life in general. I played victim a lot. I wasn't given things growing up. Was I spoiled a little bit? Absolutely. Like I'm very, I'm open about that because it did play a role, but like I was given a lot as a, as a small child, but I knew what to do with it. So like I always saved my money growing up. I always like, you know, cause I saw a lot of my family like go through debt from like, schools or from like medical or like anything and so like my worst fear and I know Kelsey and I like talked about this on our call the other day like uh, both of our like we I don't want to be broke like (laughs) yeah oh like I I just don't because like I owe $25,000 in college loans right now like I'm trying to pay that off by December like that's my goal for the year is have my college loan paid off so for me it's stuff like that of like money's not bad like you can want it for sure. It's like, how are you using that? That has created that relationship to you. Like if you're using it on stupid shit, like you're going to feel stupid about it. If you're using it smart to like have better experiences, then like by all means, like I have my rules, but it's like, how, it's just like how you, str- it's your own perspective with it at the end of the day. It's like, are you using it optimally? Or are you like, are you just like going out and getting like shit based and like spending like $200 in a weekend? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point about it's just being like what, And everybody's, I feel like everybody's optimal is different. Like if you are somebody like for me, because I didn't have great Christmases, like Christmas is big for us. Like we we don't spend a lot of money necessarily, but we do like quite, quite a few gifts and like, and that's 
And it's just like, but that's our special, our, our special thing. You know what I mean? So it really is, like you said, like not only just about making more money, but like, what are you going to do when you make more money? Like, because for me, I want to make more money. So then I can pay people like Mindy to help me so I can do more stuff. I want to pay people like you so I can learn like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because all exactly. of that, all it all ripples. It all ripples. Yeah. And if, if and one person makes more money, then everybody makes more money. Exactly. Oh, 100%. And yeah. that's like how my clients work with me too. It's like one of those things, like there's clients that I've had. So like um, one thing I didn't add, but like I still work with a lot of restaurants in the city, but like not really the smaller. It's usually like they own like, you know, whatever it is in that area. So like in New Jersey, my client Obagel is like the number one bagel shop in Jersey for the last like four years, but they've been around for 30 years. And then like for, I just signed my client, biggest client, uh, Gregory's Coffee, which is like second to Starbucks in New York and DC and Jersey, which is insane. And so what I realized with that, it's like 100% like team building. And like, as you grow, as they grow, you grow from the freelancer perspective. But I think also it's like, I definitely have realized that as I'm getting older and like, if I have kids, like I was very lucky to have like grandparents who really like saved up for my future. And they like put everything they had. I was the only, I was the only, uh, like grandchild. Um, so I was like, me too. You know, very, yeah, I was like very fortunate for everything that they did for me, but I realized how much they did. And I realized like growing up with my mom, like she gave me so much where now it's like, Hard, it's kind of hard for my family financially in general. Am I saying that because it's my fault? No, it's not my fault. But it's like we also are in the music business, and like music's hard now. You know, we have Spotify and Apple and everything, and like this is stuff like I've, I don't think I've ever opened about this stuff. But like the uh, the aspect that I've sort of like taken and the perspective I've taken is like when I have kids, like obviously I want them to work for things. Like nothing's ever like given to you. But I think I realized that like, yeah, I'm super grateful for like my grandparents did. Like they helped me like set aside money for college when I was younger and like high school and stuff like that. But at the same time, I, I think it it, it kind of gave me a perspective when I was younger that I could get whatever I wanted from the perspective mm-hmm. of like not really having to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but now like, <clears throat> but I've always been someone who's like, I always will find a way to get something no matter how I have to do it in the good way of like, like, cool. Like I want this client. Like I'm going to get the client. Like look at Gregory's. (laughs) Like I literally took seven months. I texted every day, like, or every week. Like there's, there's a shift in perspective of like, am I given everything or like, do I have to go out and get it myself? So it's just like the fine line of like, yeah, that has to do with like being raised a certain way, but I'm not going to get into that. But like, yeah, I, I think it's just a perspective about everything. Yeah. Perspective is absolutely everything. And, you know, like talking about like everything that you were given in your childhood and like how you want to, you know, like raise your kids. You know, I was kind of the same way. Like I was given a lot and I was very, very fortunate, but I also was fortunate in the way that, you know, my grandparents taught me how to like, for lack of a better term, hustle um, and work really hard and, you know, go after what I wanted. So Anyway, so, you know, something you mentioned earlier and, you know, from following you and talking to you, I know something that you went through, um, you know, especially in college was, you know, orthorexia and um, anorexia and things like that. So talk to us about, you know, where that was and kind of your transition out of that. 
I went into University of Vermont with orthorexia anorexia, but I wasn't really like diagnosed. I known I just kept avoiding doctors because I didn't want to be told because I didn't want to have to like be put into any type of like therapy or like really anything for it. I've always been a I can do it on my own girl. Like I don't need anyone's help. I hate doctors like with a passion. Um, love what they do for people, but for me, not so much. Um, I just can't do it. It gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, and uh, so I went into college with that, which honestly, I've always, I think about this all the time if it was like the smartest decision. It definitely got worse when I went to school because I was away from home. And because I wasn't in, I couldn't be in control at school of like what I was eating. I could be, but even more so, right? It was like whatever was at the dining hall was at the dining hall. And if it wasn't like grilled chicken, broccoli salad or like anything super basic, I wasn't touching it. And so it got worse when I, when I went away. But I think through all of that, like it started, say like body dysmorphia started when I was in like seventh or eighth grade. And I've always been someone who's been like super athletic my whole life. Like I played, I played sports since I was like, I don't even know, like six or seven years old and like all, all the way throughout high school. And I think it, it developed because actually I like, I always think about this still and it's kind of crazy. I think it's definitely because of society. It was 100% society standard. <clears throat> and then I think I got, it got worse when I went to school away for school one, because like, the control aspect, like I, I love being in control of situations when I can be. I, I'm way more lenient now where it's like I know things will always happen, right? Like tech issues happen, life issues happen, things come <laughs> up, like it, it happens. Um, where back then it was like I was so gung-ho. Like one thing went wrong or I couldn't be in control of what I, I was eating. I couldn't go to the gym. I would throw a fit. It was not healthy, obviously. Um, when I went into school, like I'm short. So like I'm like five three, five. I'm going to say 5'4", five, because 5'3 five, three and uh, 3 quarters. So I'm going to take that um, quarter of me. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I'm super small. And so, for me, you know, I went into... Not to, like, talk, like, extreme numbers. But, like, for me, like, an average was, like, around, like, 120-ish. And I left Vermont. I only stayed at University of Vermont for a semester. I would have stayed for a month, but I couldn't leave. So... It started getting really bad. You know, I lost my periods and I knew then like, Kendall, you need to stop. And it's the craziest thing is that when I was going through all this, I knew how bad it was because I had, I understood proper nutrition and training, but I wanted to be that ripped girl, but I didn't know how to do it in the healthy way. So my mind was always like, don't do this. No, do it. Don't do this. No, do it. Mm. And then it got to the point of where I took myself to the medical clinic at University of Vermont because I lost my period. And I was like, listen, like, I don't know what to do. I'm always cold. Obviously, it's cold in Vermont. It's super depressing there, but beautiful at the same time. And I literally, I remember stepping on the scales. First time I stepped on the scale all semester, and I was 99 pounds. Went from 120 to 99 in three months. And that's when I was like, I need to leave. So I just took myself out. No one really know. Like, I always say medical leave, because I usually don't get into it with people I don't like it's one thing like you know if someone asks me why I usually don't open up about it because it's a whole story but like the uh I think that aspect there was just like the concept that still like rings a bell in my head is like you knew it wasn't good for you but you did it anyways <laughs> but I feel like a, I don't know I feel like a lot of people I don't want to speak on a lot of people's behalf but like I think that's usually a case too 
you know, it's not healthy, but you have a bigger goal in mind that you don't care as long as you get to whatever that is. But even when you get to whatever that is, it's never enough. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people relate to that. I mean, I was, I've been there myself, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what you know in your head. You just got this idea and you can't get off of it. Sometimes I, I have that similar type of personality where, and yeah. like, this has been a long, long work for me of that control of like, you want to have control of every situation. Yeah, um, and that can be really difficult. So walk us through what happened next. Like, so you left the university <laughs> of Vermont, like you realized that you needed help. Like, yeah. Walk us through what happens next. <clears throat> so I came back home. Um, and that is actually when, well, first thing is that actually like right before I left Vermont, started the flexible foodie, it was called a different name. I'm going to embarrass myself and say it anyway. The clean foodie diaries have a nice time with that one. Um, (laughs) Yes. You should change it back. I love it. I love like anytime I see like the clean, like clean eating, clean diet, like I'm like, follow, love it in for this. No carbs. That's me. Oh my God. No fun of me for eating my damn rice cake before the podcast. Um, (laughs) I eat rice. I just remember being, I just remember being backstage at figure shows and like, that's what people were eating and I'd be eating pizza and candy. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm probably still going to beat you guys. I needed a peanut butter and jelly, but I ran out of sourdough. So I needed a rice cake. Oh, um, sourdough is so good. Sourdough is so good. my okay. favorite. Um, so what ended up happening is that my roommate at the time, Jamie, who is a boss. So both of us like loved cooking and loved food. Uh, we did have a kitchen on our floor for our dorm, which was great. Um, but we also had a, a microwave and she was vegan or still is vegan, I think. And we were like, what if we make like Instagram account? I remember sitting in bed and we were like, we should make Instagram accounts. And like, it was a joke. Like, let's see if we could like become one of those like famous food accounts on Instagram. And we both took it as a joke and like a very strong joke where I'm like, that's not going to, I'm like, do you see our dorm room lighting? Like, what is it? Like, this is garbage. Like, I don't know what we're supposed to do with this. And like, I don't know how to do this. I used it as an outlet for everything I was going through. So I was posting a lot of my meals every day because it served more so as motivation to eat more. I was posting every single meal I had that day. But I usually ate a lot in my dorm because I could be in control. I'd go to the grocery store. I could make anything in a microwave, you know, poke a few holes in a sweet potato, get a frozen like veggie burger or something. And like, there you go. You're done. Uh, Throw a photo on Instagram. Looks delicious let me tell you um i will send you both like my very first instagram photo so you can i would love this yes. you will throw up on <laughs> you will literally be like what is going on i'm gonna that's recreate like people- it for dinner tonight yeah that's <laughs> like when people ask me why i don't post my food i'm like you guys i literally eat like meat and and vegetables like we do hello fresh for four nights a week yeah. for dinner. And I'm besides that, I'm literally, when Eric was gone, cause I'm like trying to throw something together in four minutes because yeah. I have both kids. I literally had ground Turkey with some freaking canned green beans. I'm like, I don't even care. I'm just like, you guys want me to post this for real? You want to know what I'm eating? This is it. Like, it's not- <laughs> Give me that recipe for that breakfast, Kelsey. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> She knows just based off the look. I can't. (laughs) I posted my breakfast 
Mm-hmm. And it said what was in it. It was like and eggs, people, sausage. Oh, everyone was still asking what, what's in it. Someone said, give me the recipe. I get that all the time. It's like peanut butter and jelly on a rice. I still love you if you ask me that question. But yeah, it's like, what's on this? I'm like... People just don't read. It's... No. no. I'm, I'm used to it. Like, um, it's, yeah, it's whatever. Which, it's, we're all guilty of it. And I'm like, sure. you know, I could totally Google this, but I'm just going to ask this person instead. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, continue. Continue. Okay, story. so let's see. So yeah, I started the account there um, and then I brought it back home to the city. And so now I had like my kitchen and I had like groceries and like a fridge and like everything I needed. So that was great. But when I was on Instagram, I was following a lot of accounts who were going through the same thing as me. And like, we're also, you know, trying to get better in some capacity. And somehow I stumbled across flexible dieting. Oh, Jesus. We've talked about this. <laughs> yeah, we have. Um, but here's the thing. And I'm going to be so careful with my wording right now. I'm going to, you know, kind of form my own disclaimer. I am not saying in any way, shape or form, because I don't believe it. But it's a reason why I got better. Because I showed me because I already knew, right, I come in with this like idea and perspective of I know this is bad for me, but I know I can get better because I know what proper nutrition looks like. So how can I get to where I want to be in a healthy way, but also like I was trying to gain weight back, obviously. But I was scared, of course, of like, you know, getting like gaining too much too fast or like whatever. And I was like, what should I be eating? How much it's just like, it's just the how much I knew I should be eating way more no shit. But like, I just don't know. Everything was so confusing. And I found what macros were and I used it as a guide for me to be like, you're under eating today. You need to eat more food. Mm-hmm. Like I was able to push my calories super high. I, I used it as a benchmark. I wasn't trying to be like, oh, well, like they have to be so low. Like I just, I set them, I understood the math behind it. And so I ate to them and I was able to gain weight back. I was able to get my period back. Like it served as like a good guiding light for me, but I will never, never, ever say that it helped me because it's still a form of disordered eating for people. And in general, like you're still restricting yourself in some capacity. And so I will never say that it helped me. And I will not say that it's, I will not, uh, (laughs) I'm so careful with my wording. Um, I think it's okay. I really do. I really think it's okay. okay. I think it's okay. Because it did help you. It was a step. It was a step. Definitely did. I think it just depends on y- your own relationship with it. Like if you know you can absolutely, handle it, yeah, you can handle it and go with it. But like, there's obviously people who are coming out of like dealing with an eating disorder who cannot handle something like that. Where for right. me, I knew I was like, I was motivated to like hit these numbers. Like I bought, I remember buying my first hella protein powder, and I was like, yeah, like let's go, like yeah. whatever. Sorry, a big big thing. I don't know who's smoking weed outside their window right now. It just came into my apartment I'm very strong. <laughs> Um, things are about to get really fun. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I I think it's, it's okay. As long as your relationship with numbers is okay. And, you know, but yeah, category categorizing it as this is a piece of my puzzle is important for you because had you have not taken that step, then where would you be now? You know what I mean? It's, it's an important part. Exactly. exactly. When I, when I first started in my fitness journey and I had like my original, like 50 pound weight loss and, and Mindy can relate to this too. Like I was eating chicken and broccoli only out of Tupperware. Yep. Was it a fucking terrible choice? Yes. Did it like wreck me? And did I have to go through some yeah. like 
unre- very unrestricted eating in order to figure out where my balance was. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. But it was still a step. I still lost yeah. 50 pounds. It was still, you know, there's still parts of it that of you take those lessons from. Yeah. No, that's a good yeah. point. And like, that's the thing is because I came from the background of like when I was in high school, when I was dealing with all this shit, I was eating this. I literally dead ass ate the same meal for like two years. Like it was like turkey sandwich for lunch on wheat bread with carrots and an apple and like grilled chicken with sweet potato and broccoli and like, you know, and then, yeah. So like I was eating the same thing for years, but at the same time, it's like, I remember I was like, I also like started working with a coach, which like didn't ruin it. It didn't make it harder for me. If anything, it still helps. Uh, still another step, but I mean, like without like learning what I, I mean, I also think there's a difference between like the approach now where it's like, if it fits your macros, there's the whole flexible dieting thing, but that's a whole nother chat. It's like food quality is important, but like, yes. but for me, then it was like, I, of course, wanted to fill my macros with the shit that I thought was so bad for me because like society was like, this is unhealthy or your fat yeah. makes you fat or like whatever. And so, you know, that's where I was able to have a leniency. And that's when I started making recipes because I was like, oh, well, like I have these numbers to play around with. Like I would make like crazy ass stacks of pancakes and I would make these oatmeal bowls that people loved. I'd try and see how much shit I could fit inside a bowl of oatmeal. Like I'd put muffins <laughs> on my oatmeal. I would put ice cream on my oatmeal. I was, and now I look back and I'm like, dude, what were you doing? But it was an important step. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, then I think I switched the name to the flexible foodie. At that point in time, it was because of flexible dieting and like outlook there. Now, I did an article with Delish. Um, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this probably know what Delish is. It's like one of the main food publications, but I wrote and I was featured in an article about uh, kind of like intuitive eating and just like in terms of like, how does intuitive eating kind of meet the person and the mindset of someone who like likes to be in control or like, like to know their, is it like in, in control of their nutrition at the same time? So like, is there a line where, you can still reach your goals and like know like, hey, I'm being mindful of what I'm eating quality wise and how much I'm eating, but I could still get to that goal. Even if like, you know, if I was to scale everything out, I'd still probably be on point. It's a weird like scientific background thing. I don't really know, but it was a great article and I really liked uh, doing it with them uh, because if anything, it really showed like, you know, how much of a journey it's been like from the name being created because I was making these like wacky ass pancakes and like whatnot to now it's like the flexibility within life and nutrition and just like everything in life, like how you really need to make sure that everything works around you and you're not working around it. So like making sure like you're not spending nights in because you don't want to go out and eat with your friends. Like, no, you find a way to like go out and enjoy yourself. Do you have to eat? No, you don't. You're in control of whatever the fuck you want to do. But like, it's your mindset with that. And it's just like, it's from what perspective you're doing it, right? It could be from a healthy mindset. Like Mm. there were nights I would stay in because I'm like, well, I don't want to go eat pizza with my friends. But that also ruined my social life because I became like, oh, I can't eat in front of my friends. I have to bring everything in a Tupperware or you know, everything like that. So now it's like, how do I make things work if I know like, I have dinner with a client or whatever. I'm still mindful, still mindful, but I'm, you know, it's just like, 
making sure that you're going into it in a healthy and like positive way, not being like, well, I'm going to intermittent fast until like dinner because like, yeah, jumping from one thing to the next thing, like people get really really caught up in that. Like you need to make sure. Yeah. It's just like being this smart. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to put it in a way without like, you know, I think it's, I think it's experience. I I honestly just, just coming from like the side of thing, I really think it is like in Jordan, Jordan and I touched on this at our podcast too, was like, sometimes you have to be on both sides of an extreme in order to find your balance. And like what that extreme looks like for you and what that balance looks like for you is going to be different. different. And I think that like, that's exactly what it sounds like. You had to like go there. And let me, let me ask you this before we get any further. I want to hear more about that moment of change for you. I want to hear because you touched on, okay, I'm, I'm making this choice. And I think this goes for not only like orthorexia or or anorexia, but a lot of our choices, because I was in a similar place where it's like, you're making a choice you don't feel good about, you know, it's not a good choice, but you're doing it anyways. Right. And then you choose differently one day for me, it was waking up in that jail, jail cell for the third time. Like, and I know you mentioned, okay, you lost your period. Like, was that, was that your turning point when it was like showed up in your, like your bodily health? I think that was like the first sign, but I think it was when I went into that doctor's office and she looked me in the eye and said, you need to go home. Like at Vermont. And it's just the only thing that went through my head was, oh my God, my tuition money. Like that's, I'm like, oh my, like I knew that uh, my mom wanted to take me out. Like literally by the time I got there, like she didn't want me there in the first place. And I should have just probably stayed home. But like at the same time, like if I had stayed home, nothing like that account would not exist right now. So like, there's so many like blessings in disguise, but they costed a lot of money. (laughs) And I think that moment of change for me was being told like, you need to go home or like at least take medical leave. Because I remember when I came home, like all I wanted to do was like eat more. Like, I don't know what it was. I was just like, but I was using those numbers as like a guide of like, okay, well, like keep eating because like you need to, like, you know, mm-hmm. this, like whatever. So I think it so was the turning, the turning, the turning point for you was the doctor being like, you have to do something. I think it was also just like knowing that, like, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Like, I think it's also because I realized it's a lot that hit me in that one moment. So yeah, I'm going to say that moment of change was sitting in that doctor's office. It was the minute I stepped on the scale and I saw that and it was sitting down after she had spoken to me and realized like, holy shit, I gave up like some of my best years because like I wanted a fucking six pack. Yeah. Like it was like I from so I don't even know from like freshman year of high school to like freshman year of college, like, you know, so like I ate the same things. I missed out on a lot. I had a really supportive friend group, but like I never really told any of them about anything I was going through until after it happened. People knew, you could tell. Honestly, I looked very sick and it happened like very quickly. But of course, no no one's going to ask you that, you know? No one's going to like, you know, I'm one of those people. If anyone asks me if I'm okay, I start crying for literally, I don't even know why. It just always happens. <laughs> So that's how we should have started. Ah, yeah, come <laughs> on. Are you okay, Kendall? That's what we should have done. <laughs> I just start bawling. And yeah, I, I think it just like, it 
allowed me to like reflect on a lot and I still think about it now honestly and it's scary like it, it it's that whole aspect of like okay I'm 24 and like shit like I don't really feel sometimes I wonder I'm like where did all the memories go and it's not from a lot of like that stuff that I miss out on it's just in general like I, I realized mm-hmm. how much time and energy I put into making sure I was going to hit the gym the next morning if I was out drinking with friends or like how I would plan my meals and stuff that I realized like, holy crap, like I was so focused on that, that I remembered that, but I can't remember that night I actually went out with my friends and like Mm. what happened there. It's like the day after the day during the day, making sure I was like set up correctly, quote unquote. Uh. So yeah. And like, I would never want, like if I could, someone could give me back that time. Oh, so is that what you would tell? Like, if you had to go back and tell your younger self one thing, would you, would that be it? Like to not focus so much on that or? I would say it's, yeah. Uh, with a, it, There's like a, I guess the spin on it would be, it, it all goes back to the perspective on it, right? So like, obviously you can care for your health. It's just like, at the end of the day, like you're always going to be your toughest critic. As much as you can make yourself happy, there's always something that we always want more from ourselves but we can't always do it. And so if anything, I, I kind of just wish I realized like you're young as hell. Like you want to remember this stuff. Like, yeah, go to the gym, eat healthy, cool. But like, make sure you're, you have the knowledge you need to do it correctly. Because I think that's all, I, all I needed was just the knowledge. I, th- I think that's all it was. I, there's nothing wrong with being like in shape when you're younger or like in high school. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I guess my like two cents would just be like literally just find your, your integration between like fitness and your life, not give one. You can't give like 99% to one and like 1% to the other. Cause like it just won't, it won't work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something really important to take away from all this, like is the fact that you asked for help. Like yeah. you, you know, you went to the doctor, you know, you realized that something was wrong and you took steps towards, you know, making a change and, you know, you took small steps like, and you didn't, you know, just like flip the switch and like all of a sudden, like everything's fixed. Yeah. Like you took the time to actually tackle what was going on and, you know, keep moving forward and keep moving forward. And now like you're on that other end of it and you can look back and see like, you know, where maybe you would have done something differently. And I think it's really important that you've got that perspective. Yeah, I, I think that's a big role. And it's crazy because now it's like, I think owning a business definitely like makes, obviously like I talked about this with Kelsey, but like structuring is like so important. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because like I didn't work out for, I strained my chest uh, on Christmas Eve and I couldn't, and then I got the flu for like two and a half weeks. And so I didn't work out for like a month. And, like nutrition was off and everything. And like, it's crazy that like three and a half years ago, I would be bawling my eyes out if I could yep. work out for her, I would think the the worst things. And I would say the worst things to myself. I don't think I've ever felt so good in my life, not working out for a month. Like I felt like I just felt so like relaxed because I wasn't like putting my body through more stress. And like, you know, like I don't even really worry about it. I'm just like very in tune. I think I lost track of myself and like my hunger cues from like tracking so religiously but I've learned now like my happy medium. Like I enjoy being, I enjoy tracking my food, but I don't freak out if I'm like one day someone asked me to go grab dinner. Like my relationships are like this so more important. It's just once again, comes down to like mindset and like what your goal is and like stuff like that. It just depends on the person. Like everyone's different. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important, like what you touched on too, going back to your story of starting the Instagram and like, obviously the evolution of that. It's that you were in this dorm room and you're like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what this looks like, but then you just did it. Right. Because obviously we talk so much about taking action and like, you don't really know what something's going to turn into, but unless you start trying it. Exactly. And, And here's an interesting question for you because I like to, I have like my thoughts that develop as you're talking. (laughs) And then I like to see like, am I on track here? (laughs) I'm thinking about like the evolution of this and you being able, like you said, you have like, okay, I can post my meal. So that's making me eat more like things like that. Yeah. But also opening up about what you were going through and doing that on a social media platform and being able to have that like relating to people what kind of role do you think that that played in like your recovery process? I would say like in the beginning, really good because I was able to talk to people who like didn't, who like understood where my mind was at. But at the same time, like, even though like, say like both of us were struggling, obviously with like whatever we had going on, we kept like the positive mindset. Like we were helping each other get out of it, not going in deeper and not going like the opposite direction. Cause like we both wanted to get better and there a lot of them don't have their accounts anymore. There's a few that like I always kept in contact with like very consistently like checking every day. And it was also, this is at a time where like Instagram's like super, it was like anyone could go on it at this point in time. And you know, this is like 2013. And so it was super easy to connect with people. The niches were so like small. Right. Um, Yeah. So like getting to know someone like took like 30 seconds. Right. Um, And so no, it definitely played like a really big role. And it's a really good question. You know, I'm still friends with people that I've been talking to and I've never met them yet for like five years. And it's kind of crazy. But Carolina, who's one of my best friends who actually lives five blocks or sorry, 10 blocks away from me in the city. We met through Instagram like five years ago, but we didn't meet each other until four years ago. She got me that internship at Spoon University and now we're best friends. And like, I see her like every week and that's kind of, it's just crazy. Like some of my best friends are from the internet. So I'm going to say it played a huge role. It just plays a huge role in my life in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't been on top of my game the last like year, but I can't complain because like, I really like helping other people. I've just always been that person. I always put people before myself. It's definitely not a bad thing, but I definitely need to set my own boundaries. <laughs> but Kelsey already told me that. So... <laughs> Go listen to our boundaries podcast, ladies. <laughs> I, I know. But uh, yeah, I think it played, a, it played a huge role. Like I was able to meet, I mean, my now ex, but I was like able to meet my like ex-boyfriends through there. And like it, it opened up like crazy doors, right? Right. Like, and so, yeah, I would say it played a, it played a huge role in terms of like, knowledge but making sure it was the right knowledge from the right people but also like was able to give me something now that I thought was just going to be a joke in 2013 in terms of like it started honestly like I was always made fun of for having the account and then I stupidly I talked about this on Chase's podcast stupidly pressed the publish button and it connected to my Facebook page and it put the Instagram post on my Facebook feed and no one knew the account was on private. So like no one knew this account existed until I pressed 
I accidentally linked it to my Facebook account and then all my posts started showing up on my personal Facebook page. And I was like, holy shit. And then people are like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. Like, don't worry about it. All my friends gave me shit. And then it was always, that's crazy how some people come out of the woodwork the minute that something fucking happens from Instagram or... But it's the relatability. And that's kind of why I wanted to touch on this is because what you think and what people think may be something small and what you think that may be just like posting meals, like it allows people and just like you, like being in that space, it, it, it opened doors for you and it allowed you to take steps in a direction that you want yes. to take. And that's powerful okay. because you don't realize like how small those small pieces really do add up to something bigger. And I think for me, as I'm listening to your story, it, it seems like that also like beyond building relationships and then this is a part of building relationships but it seems like it was a lot of like accountability and support yeah. for you oh yeah for sure i mean like that's the one thing is like i i've always realized it's actually easier for me i mean now i'm getting way better at it i've always been a shy person i've really bad anxiety conversation and like face-to-face interaction like makes me panic sometimes i'm very good at holding my shit together though so no one sees it but I think that's the one thing. So it was like, actually, I, I find this like very interesting. Like, you know, like Kelsey, I don't know if you, if you feel the same way, but for me, I found that spending a lot of time on social for me, it really trickled into like my personal life in terms of like the way I held conversations with people. I started finding that it was like very hard for me to go up to someone. I started finding it was very hard for me to hold conversations. Usually I can talk forever, but like I found it super like hard. And I think in my head, I'm like, I don't know. Or it's always like, let me show you. It's never like, let me tell you. Mm. I can never use my words anymore. It's like, let me show you this restaurant. No, like, let me like show you this and blah, 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 blah. Where now it's like, I'm dating one guy who like literally is great at telling me like, no, put your phone down, use your words. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I need that. And like, and it's been eye opening to me. And it serves as like a great like part of accountability and everything. But I realized at the same time, like, you have to set that boundary because like, I've never seen myself like actually feel so disconnected, even though I'm like connected at the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think what I realized is like definitely held me down for years. And I think now it's like taking 2019, I basically took off from the account because I found myself feeling like super disconnected from like people in like real life. Like, cool. Like I I'm so glad that like, I know people in different States, but like, I, I don't get to see them every day where it's like, I have a lot of my best friends who live like five blocks away from me and I haven't seen them in months. Yeah. I haven't, heard them mm-hmm. or I haven't spoken to them. It's and about like, being like intentional in that presence in that moment. And I think that that's, I would say the interesting thing is how your like dive into social media made you kind of shy away from people. And for me, it's kind of been the opposite because I, during my like heavy drinking days and partying and stuff, like I was obviously very social because I was not really there. And then, you know, social media kind of became like my journal and was like, let me share this piece and see what happens. And let me share this piece. And that's why you know how to talk about your life really well. And so for me, because I'm like, let me just put this right here and see what happens. Then it's like, okay, I can go to a place and say this to someone's face because I know (laughs) that like I can, if I can put it on the internet, I can put it out here. It goes back to owning your story and that 
social media helped me with that by being able to have a voice there. It helped me build a voice sober. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so it's funny, like I kind of have like a mix between the two, right? So Mm -hmm. like social media has made me, because I like, like Kindle and a lot of people don't know this about me, have really severe anxiety. It's really bad actually. And so you know, I get overwhelmed easily in crowds. I get overwhelmed talking in front of people, which is kind of crazy because my day-to-day job, I stand. I was going to say, yeah, don't you? Yeah. Like- <laughs> I'm in sales. So yeah. like, I, I'm and you most- go to, and you go to Disney where there's like no people ever. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. My, sometimes That's Disney's too much for me. I've had a claustrophobic, I've had a class. I remember I, I was in uh, Disneyland and I was in like the gift shop with my family. And I think I was like 11 and I had an anxiety and panic attack. And I literally thought I was going to throw up in the middle of the store. I just, I can't do it. It's just yeah. heavy. Dude, Mike knows. He like, he sees it on my face now. Like when we're at Disney, he's like, Ooh, yeah, we're going to have to, like, this, this <laughs> is not like- a good day for Disney, is it? Like, we've been the Kingdom 20 20- yeah, we've been in the Magic Kingdom 20 minutes. He's like, you want to go? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We did that this last weekend. We went, I can't remember when we went. But anyways, we were in the Magic Kingdom like 20 minutes. And we like got a cheeseburger spring roll and left. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> the point is, is that, you know, like I, like Kelsey, I've had a hard time um, with sharing my story. And then like posting it on social media and starting to yeah. share parts of my life really helped me open up a lot. But at the same time, like with you Kindle, like it also makes me every once in a while a little bit more recluse where like I have, because I'm interacting on social, I have a hard time interacting face to face. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me. And I see now more that it is like, because I'm like focusing on being more intentional with my social media, that it's starting to kind of shift the tides, you know, and I'm, I'm getting a lot less social anxiety and (laughs) like able to share more, which is good, but it is funny how it's different for everybody. But I think it's also important how like, I realize I've I've become way more open. Like I want to be more open, but it's like, I have so much to say that I didn't say for years on social that I don't know how to say it now. And it's almost like, it's kind of like paralysis by analysis, but like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's just so much I want to talk about, but I don't know how to structure it, which is really funny. But that's the thing. It's like, I think we all know how to give the advice that works for other people, but sometimes it's just too much for ourselves. I was literally just going to say, like, do we, like, like, what's happening right now? (laughs) I love helping structure people's, like, marketing but like when it comes to my own, I'm so strict on mine because I'm like, I want to talk about this and this and this and this. And, I, and then I start like, you know, yeah, but then you don't post, like, then you don't post at all. Yeah. And so like, that's why now so I'm going to, now I'm going to be on Shut your up. ass Ooh, because yeah. I literally remember our <laughs> you, first conversation and you were like telling me how you were off your social media and you're like, I'm going to get everything set up to go Monday. And I'm like, where, where is this girl's post at? Dude, Kendall, you have opened Pandora's box because the second Kelsey has something to hold you accountable to, it's game over, dude. It is game I, I now have a home gym. I've been to the dentist like five times. I'm going to the doctor Wednesday. I'm buying a new house. Oh my God. Sorry. Okay, so I have, to buy a standing de- I have to buy a standing desk. I have to... Okay. Oh, you've already got a list. I see. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she already started me on. No, but that's. I'm just. I'm just saying. (laughs) Like, if you, 
Like that's the most, I literally today was sitting, I told Mindy, I was like, I'm staring at an empty word document for this thing I have to write. And then I would just like wrote a sentence. It's like, I think that's the thing. And this is really funny because it goes back to the very beginning, which is perfect for us to start wrapping up is like just starting. Like, what if you view your account right now and where you're at Put yourself back in that dorm room in the shitty that's lighting. Yeah, that's where I've put, yeah, I've put myself there. That's the that's the thing. And it's like, I think, you know, it's easy. And this is why I'm like able to work with other people on it is because I've either been in the same situation where a lot of the pain points that come to marketing are it's usually anxiety, which is funny. Anxiety and uh, it's the, does anyone even care? Or it's like one of those things. And it's like, because I've been able to build myself up, I found it. I'm easily like how I mentioned, like I do hustle. Like I, I tend to find a way to talk to whoever I need to talk to or like get to wherever I need to go usually unless something crazy happens. But there's also the side of me of, I also like deal with the anxiety of like, great, I built this account and I fucking love everyone who has supported me. And like, I'm super grateful for it. Like I never thought it would even get to this point to be able to give me like the opportunities that it has. But at the same time, like I also deal with that anxiety that a lot of people have when they like are afraid to start again. So like me taking like a year off and like not really knowing how to structure anything right now, I have that anxiety before I press publish because I'm like, does anyone even care? Because I like literally went AWOL for a year. Um, But you published before anybody when you knew nobody cared because you didn't have anybody that was following you yet so it's like why not and anything saveable i think that's one thing is that people think something it's easy easy to think that something can be ruined because you stopped and took a break from it but -hmm. if anything it could come back stronger or if anything it's like you just feel more grounded in what you're doing but that's why it's like that's why i find it really easy for me to work with people in marketing because like I've literally been through all the steps of it and like I go through it all the time. So like I know the pain points and I know how to act on them and how to work through them because like I literally it's my it was my life in the beginning and it's still my life now. Like nothing changes and that's what separates like nutrition coaches and coaches in general. Like when you have a background that's rooted in what you do and how you help people, I think it just helps your case even more and also just like it's it just forms like such a better bond. But yeah, that that's just, that's me. Yeah. So kind of like recapping back through, it's pretty, uh, you know, a very like interesting journey because you were able to see some gaps that you've been able to fill, but you wouldn't have seen those gaps if you had not, you know, gone through the journey that you Done did, which, yeah, is which is so crazy. much of what we talk about here. And I think it's it's amazing that you were able to, use the platform in a healthy way like that. Cause so often we hear all the negatives of the platform. And I think it's really important to stress this point is that like you get to fill your newsfeed with what you want. And so making sure to be intentional with that and the fact that you were able to use that as a part of your recovery process is really important. So another question and then one more question, then we're going to be done. <laughs> we'll try not to talk about hip hop and I'll try not to make okay. you guys <laughs> put anything else on your to-do list. No more lists. I feel like she's going to make me go on my Instagram story and rap a full Lil Wayne song like by next Friday. 
Oh my God. You know that you already have to make a post. Like that's I'm aware. Like every time we have like our calls for my stuff, I'm going to be like, by the way, Uh, did you do your homework? (laughs) Here we go. I do it to Mindy. I'm like, I'm like Mindy. So, uh, where you at on, on your to-do list for your business? Mark (laughs) me down. Mark me down. (laughs) Okay. So because we're big on taking action and we want everybody to leave this podcast feeling not only inspired, but like, what can they do? Like if you could give one actionable step to somebody that's listening today, that maybe they're the person in the dorm room with the bad lighting or whatever comparison to where they are just in that dark place and they just don't know what's, what, what do they do? I think it's, it's going to go back to the same point that we keep talking about where it's like literally just starting. I honestly, like it's so, it's like, yeah, it's kind of cliche, but it's honestly like you don't know what you're going to get out of something until you start. And you, you are also in control of seeing how it trends over time. So like, if you know, like, you know, whether you're starting and like something's going the opposite of what you expected, you still are in control of being able to like get it to the point of where you need it to go. Um, I think it's, yeah, I would say just start or if I had a second option, it is that like the mindset of you get to do things, not like things happen to you or for you. And I think it's just like recognizing that like you're in control of literally like the life and like everything that you want. I think I lived in that hole for a while where I was always like, well, I, you know, I, we all get to the point of like in business where it's like, we all want to get to that point of where we have to tell people, no, sorry, I can't work with you. My client list, like it's full, right? For, for, for the, the last, worst, like, the worst place, <laughs> right? What a bad issue. When Kelsey came to me, she's like, my client lit book is full. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Tells me that all the time. I'm overbooked. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right? but if and they need so, my help, let me just save them all. <laughs> let me save them yeah, all. Exactly. <laughs> and so like, that's the thing though, is where, you know, uh, for, for, I don't know, two and a half years, I think people get so caught up where now everyone's starting their own business where you think that in a year, it's supposed to be really successful. But like a lot of people don't have success until like 10 years in. It's just like being patient and like they just started and like they found a way to get to where they need it to be. Like for me, I'm almost three years in and I just got to that point of where like I finally feel like no one can fucking stop me right now. Like it took me... God knows how long. Like the fact I had to turn down five people last week. Like that's like I've never I usually take every I take everyone. And so for me, it's literally like if I never just like started like putting out the audit, like how I started with like coaches and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I would not be in this position. Right? Like we would not be working together. Yeah. You just gotta start. And you yeah. that's the thing is you really don't know. Like you can you can be so scared about what's gonna come, but but it could be the best thing that happened to you. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I think that's a really good point. So um where hashtag clean dieting can they all right. All where, right. Where, where, all right. Where, we go. where can everybody find you? Tell us about any any um website, social media, any of that for your contact info. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the flexible foodie. If you want to see me dancing around with coffee and specifically to any little Wayne requests, you could just DM them to me. And then my website is flexfoodie.com. 
there's honestly not a lot there. <laughs> but uh, if you want to read my like two blogs, you can. But also, if you have any questions in terms of like marketing or anything, the best place to reach me is just like at my DMs. It's usually where I'm pretty much there. But yeah, that's it. Just those two for right now. Awesome. Well, Kendall, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I, you know, we've chatted a lot over the last couple of years. So actually being able to chat face to face was really awesome. So thank you for, you know, sharing your story with us and your advice and your journey. That was awesome. Thank you. No, I'm happy to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. It's been really cool to hear, to learn more about you and, and the other story of your upbringing, I guess you could say. Um, But more than anything, I want to really say that I think it's cool and I think it's really brave to open up when you know something's going to be posted on a public platform. And, you know, if anything, maybe this this serves as a step for your restarting on your Instagram because, you know, like you've said it here. So this is... A good place. So the slate has been wiped. Yeah, like you have, yeah. you have so many good elements of your story, and I, I definitely understand being overwhelmed by feeling like you have so much to say and not knowing how to say it, but yeah. not saying not saying anything when you have a story like yours. It it's can, just a yeah. disservice. It's it's not yeah. fair because you have you're letting like you have like over forty thousand followers. You're letting all those people down by not posting. Yeah, you're right. And now I have to go write a post. You're welcome. The podcast audience will be You're expecting welcome. it. They're going to find you, Kindle. Everybody, che- everybody, Come check in. Me. The date today is February 10th, so go find the post from February 10th, 2020, and comment on it and be like, "Great job on your homework." <laughs> Slide into Kindle DMs, y'all. I'm gonna get an. I'm gonna get a text from Kelsey with like check boxes. So like, hello, please print this out over the next two weeks. You'll be in charge of doing this. Thank you very much. Have you ordered the standing desk yet? <laughs> All right, guys. I'm pretty sure we could do this forever. Anyways, yeah. okay, seriously, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing with us. There's so much power in, in overcoming the obstacles you have. And I know there's a lot of people out there that struggle with with eating disorders. And I think that they'll find a lot of hope in, in knowing that you can overcome something like this. So yeah, I appreciate sure. you sharing. And Mindy, what are we talking about next week? Next week is all about overcoming obstacles. So we talked a lot about some obstacles today, um, but next week we'll talk about specifically how to overcome obstacles and tools you can use to do so. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for listening. Make sure you drop us a review, a rating. Please subscribe so you get all of our new episodes when they come out. And don't forget to live bravely today. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way. 
so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation and it's free. The link is in the show notes. So I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.